children's ministry. Y'all can go to Kids Dome. And I have to apologize because I did not give my brother Ben the opportunity to go ahead and fix my, my sound situation because apparently I'm a brother that has a lot of trouble and not a lot of bass. So he's got to go ahead and work it out. So, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and get it right. Amen? Amen. Because it's not the mouthpiece, but it's the one speaking right through the mouthpiece. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go ahead and um, we're going to pick up where Bishop left off in the uh, book of John, chapter 16. If you would, go ahead and turn your Bibles there. And I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and begin reading in verse 16. When you got to say, I got it. Well, not, not too many, I got it. I went old school on you today and I brought my Bible. Usually I have my phone or my tablet. All right, since you got it, we're going to go ahead and start. <laughs> And the word of the Lord says, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is that? He says to us a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I go to the father. Verse 18, they said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is saying. Now, Jesus knew, I love it, Jesus knew that they desired to ask, and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. And then I love it, because Jesus always gives a little, little story, a little parable. I love telling stories, too. Mine aren't as good. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one, say no one, no one, no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you, ask in, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing. In my name, ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father." In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, see now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things. And have no need that anyone should question you. By this, we believe that you came forth from God. 
Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Verse 32, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and uh, we ask, dear God, that you would open up our hearts, our minds, our understanding, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, that the word would be released with power, dear God. I pray that we would be cut to the heart, dear God. I pray that you would convict us, my Lord Jesus. I pray, my Lord God, that we would repent, my Lord God, and I pray that you would give us ears to hear, dear God, what your spirit is saying unto us, dear God. We don't want to miss your move, dear God, and so I pray that we would position ourselves in a way that we would receive, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. I'm excited, can you tell? I'm a little excited. So the big idea for the sermon is uh, we have joy because our Savior suffered. And so that's a, that's a crazy thought, right? I have joy because, you know, somebody else suffered on, on, on my behalf. And so um, that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, and, and I love that word joy uh, because it's not happy. Joy, joy kind of gives you, happy is kind of like what's happening around you, you know. I'm happy that, you know, that, that I found a dollar on the, on the ground. That makes me happy. Uh, but I spend it real quick, so I guess it's not joy because it's not lasting. So uh, my kids, they bring me joy most of the time. Time. Um, but it's amazing to see that, you know, um, the, the, type of, the type of joy that God wants us to have is a, is a lasting one. He doesn't, doesn't want us to just be happy because, you know, he, he tells us in the scripture that, that we're going to suffer. You know, this thing, being a Christian, man, it's not, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. You know, it comes, it comes at a price. But I, I thank God that we don't have to do it alone. Amen. I mean, I got a room full of brothers and sisters that are going through the same things. I said, I got a room full of brothers and sisters that are going through the same thing. I got one right, right? I'm like, man. He's like, right? Everybody else is like, I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) I'm good. But it is joyful to know that we suffer through this together and that our Savior suffers so that we could have this joy. So the first point that I want to make, if you're writing notes, which you should be because it's a good idea, unless you have that type of memory, then you can memorize everything, and in which case, carry on. The first point, our suffering is temporary, but our joy is eternal. Mm, That's good, right? It's funny. Jesus was telling his followers, he's like, listen, you're going to weep. You're going to lament. Now, when I, when I saw that, that weeping and lamenting, I'm like, ah, oh, man, they're probably going to cry a little bit, you know. They're probably going to be a little bit sad because, you know, when you have family come over and then they leave, you get sad, right? You're like, ah, oh, man, love you most of the time. Sometimes you have that family that when they leave, you're like, Jesus is Lord, hallelujah, they are leaving. <laughs> oh, they're not gone yet? I mean, hey, we're going to miss you. But 
But we have, but we have the scripture here where Jesus is communicating to them that hey, they're going to be sorrowful. They're going to be crying. You know that like nasty crying where you're like, you know, you can't even catch your net. Yes, all of this, you know, you don't have enough Kleenexes in the box. You need like five or six. You need to go to Sam's and get the case. That kind of weeping, that kind of crying, that kind of lamenting. And so Jesus is, you know, throughout this whole time, he's like trying to go ahead and, and, and console his, his disciples because, man, he's going to be gone. And usually, you know, you see, you see God, you see Jesus encouraging his disciples, telling them, hey, listen, it's all right. I'm with you guys, you know. But here he's like, assuredly, most assuredly, I tell you that, listen, you're going to be sad. That verily, verily. You got to pay attention when, when the scripture says verily, verily. That's in the old school. New school is assuredly, assuredly. You got to pay attention because <laughs> it's going to happen. And especially when it's in red letters, because Jesus spoke it. You know it. You got to pay attention when it's in red letters, if you have the right Bible. <laughs> so they're going to be really sad. I love it, though, because, you know, whenever something bad, there's always a but. But I'm going to come back, and you're going you're gonna to be rejoicing. But during that sorrowful time, the world is going to rejoice. And it's amazing, man, because whenever we're going through suffering, whenever we're going through, you know, these things that we're called to go through, the world is looking at us and being like, man, what's up with being a Christian, man? You guys are suffering, man. Persecuted, mocked, made fun of, rejected. What kind of life is that? It's crazy. But, but, we got Jesus. <laughs> We got Jesus, and like Pastor Chad was saying, what Paul said, that the present suffering doesn't compare to the coming glory. It doesn't compare. When you go ahead and compare this, this little suffering, it, just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even compare. So I was thinking about when my wife had our, uh, the last baby, Baby G. His name is Giancarlo, so we call him Baby G. Don't call him Baby G. Call him Giancarlo. Um, and so at the beginning, the first one, Louis, can you give me a... So we, we arrived at the hospital. <laughs> we were having an amazing time. We kept calling it the hotel instead of the hospital because they brought us all kinds of food. It was amazing. Drove there, she was smiling, everything was great. <laughs> and then, <laughs> no more smiling. There was some, now I did go ahead and use these, uh, these pictures with the express approval of my wife. <laughs> I'm funny, but not stupid. <laughs> so look at her, she's suffering. The first picture, she was all smiling, everything was great, but she is suffering. And let me tell you, right there, you know what she was telling herself? Where is the anesthesiologist? I need him in my life now. 
He is nowhere to be found. My wife is suffering. She's also thinking, did this to me. <laughs> Taking the picture, I'm running, and then I'm coming back. Just have to be there. So she's suffering through this, but in the back of her mind, she's like, okay, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done because this baby's inside of me. I mean, listen, we spent months and months feeling this baby moving around. At the end, you know, when it's going to go ahead and that crazy little, and you see the elbows and the arms and, you know, her belly's going this way and you get excited. You're like, ooh, he's coming. He's almost done. I am at least. She's looking forward to that. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be painful. But me, I'm, I'm very happy. I don't have to do that. Praise Jesus. Uh, and so she's suffering, but she's also thinking in the back of her mind, it's going to be well worth it. It's going to be worth it. And so the last picture. Yay. Now, I did want to show, show you the one where, like, right after birth where she's, like, holding the baby, and I put her hair up. I did a great job. It's up on a bun right here on the top of her head. All she needed was the kimono, and she would have been ready to go. But she didn't, she didn't allow me to use that picture. So we used that one. So, but the joy, the joy allows us to forget the suffering. So that word joy there is kara, which is the joy received from you or the cause or occasion of joy, of persons who are one's joy. And so... This joy is a lasting one. You know, the suffering is worth it because the joy is lasting. If the joy wasn't lasting, you'd look at the suffering and be like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do that again. Kind of like when I did Savage Race. Suffering. I toiled and I hurt myself and it was bad. And I don't know why I did it twice, but I did. But, you know, at the end, you know, you have this joy where you're like, yes, I finished. But it was happiness. It wasn't joy because it wasn't lasting because I was covered in mud and I was nasty, disgusting, and it was horrible, but I finished. And so the lasting joy that I'm talking about, though, is an eternal one. Why? Because Christ is eternal. His reign is eternal. He suffered so that we could have this eternal joy, not just a temporary one. He is with us always so that when we go through our suffering, when he calls us to go through our suffering, we know that he has prepared a place for us. In the end, you know what the book of Revelation says? We win. We're on the winning side. We are on the winning side. And that should bring us great joy because we don't just serve somebody that might win. No, we serve somebody who has won. And the thing is that because he won, I win. If I put my trust in him, if I put my trust in what he says in his word, my joy is secure because he is eternal. He is risen. There is no doubt. There is no need to doubt because I know that he is true. He proved it. He didn't just say, I'm going to die and then I'm going to come back and didn't come back. You know how some people do, right? Hey, I'll be right back or I'll get back to you. I'll call you right back. And then they never call back. Guilty as charged. I'll email you, and then they don't. I'll respond to your email. Don't email me, guys, please. Just call me, because I am horrible with email. I will not reply. I'm going to let you know right now. I just won't. I'm sorry. 
But Christ is not like that. He is sure. He is a sure thing. So there is no need to doubt. It's interesting, though. Christ knows that he's going to suffer. He knows what he's going to. It's about to get serious for him. But you know who he's concerned about? His disciples. He's concerned about the ones that he loves. It should tell us something. It's like, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go through all this because I love you. It's got nothing to do with what we deserve because y'all know what we deserve. Hmm. But because of Christ's graciousness, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness, his love, he extends us his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, his joy because he loves us. Verse 23 through 27. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. All we need to do is ask. Why? Because Christ paid the price. It's crazy. You know, when you pick up a payphone, what do you got to do? For the young people, there's these things called payphones. That we used to use back in the day, okay? You'd have to go ahead and put money. That's change, okay? The little coins. So you'd have to go ahead and put that in there to go ahead and make the call. You couldn't make the call unless you paid for the call. Somebody got to pay, right? For you to have access. So Christ said, I want you to have access to the Father, right? I want you to have access. But somebody's got to pay the price. Nobody can pay the price because nobody is perfect, right? There is only one. Only one. And he paid in blood. That was the currency that was needed. Jesus paid in blood so that I could have access to the Father. So that I could go boldly into the throne room and pray and ask, right? And not just ask. Because you know how it is. Sometimes you ask. Like, my daughter asks all the time for crazy stuff. And she knows she's not going to receive. I don't know why she even asks. <laughs> but God is not like that. He said, ask and you shall receive. Your joy may be full. How many of y'all like to get? Anybody like to get? Okay, I got everybody like, no, I'm holy. I'm humble. <laughs> it is better to give than to receive. Listen, you like to get. I like, everybody like to get something, especially if it's free. Mmm. Is that free? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I ain't mad at you. I ain't even looking at you. But we ask, and we will receive. 
I love the the uh, the phone calls, the, uh, the the prayer calls, because Bishop comes comes with these uh, these devotionals and and, uh, and and reading scripture and stuff. And one of them that kind of stuck out to me was the one that he was um, they was talking about prayer and these bold prayer, audacious prayers, right? These ridiculous prayers that people pray. Um, and John Wesley, when he was crossing the Atlantic, uh, they encountered contrary winds, and he prayed this prayer. He said, Almighty and everlasting God, thou hast sway everywhere. Man, isn't it amazing to know that you serve a God that has sway everywhere? Be like, you know God, right? I know God. He's got sway. Just saying. And all things serve the purpose of thy will. Thou holdest the winds in thy fists, and sitting upon us, sittest upon the, the water floods, and reignest the king forever. Command these winds and these waves that they obey thee, and take us speedily and safely to the haven whither we go. Man, I wish I could talk like that. I would sound so amazing. He prayed this prayer, and guess what happened? Everything was calm, and they made it to their destination. The man prayed that the winds would stop, that the seas would calm, so they, he would be able to go ahead and get to his destination. When's the last time that you prayed a prayer like that? We settle for prayers like, Lord Jesus, please bless this food. In Jesus' name, amen. When's the last time you play, prayed a ridiculous prayer like, God, send me to save my whole workplace? That's kind of ridiculous, right? You, you're only one person. And can't Jesus use you? Isn't his power locked up inside of you? Didn't he send you? Didn't he commission you? You can make a difference. When's the last time you prayed something crazy? No, no, we can't pray nothing like that. No. It's nuts, though, because let me tell you, rich kid ain't got no problem asking his rich dad for a new car, right? But what if the rich kid didn't know that his dad was a rich dad? They wouldn't ask nothing ridiculous. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm just using that, you know, I'm not saying that you got to go ahead and pray to God right now. God, give me the BMW right now. I need it. It is necessary in my life. I need that Bentley, Lord. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, you know, you serve a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You serve the creator of the universe. Think about that for a second. Just think about that. Let that sink in. So let me ask you this. Why do your prayers look the way that they look? I mean, do you pray just to hear yourself pray? Not expecting an answer? Because when God, God answers, he says yes, and he, and he shows up. You're like, oh, God. What happened? <laughs> he showed up. Of course he did. You're his child, aren't you? 
Didn't Jesus go to the cross? Didn't Jesus pay the price for you to be able to have bold access into the throne room and ask these audacious things from him? Isn't that what he did? So why? Why do we settle for, for just little prayers? God wants us to turn this world upside down. So you know what's going to take? Big prayers. Not these little micro ones. These, you know. We got to be better than that. Because when he answers, oh, our joy is complete. It is full. Man, you're like, wow, God, you're amazing. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. I'm just saying, I knew. But when you did, wow, taking it back. Crazy. The life of the believer should be marked by prayer. What does that mean? That means that in everything, we seek God's face. Because we want to do his will. Because we want to do what pleases him. Not because we have to, but because we get to. Do you understand? This is so good. We get to. He has already paid the price. It is like when your computer crashes and you don't know what to do. And you know that you didn't buy the extended warranty. And you didn't buy the service plan neither. So when you call, you know you're going to have to pay for service. But listen, he is already paid. You have full access, so why wouldn't you pray? You have full access. He paid for it. He died so that we would have full access to God, the Father, and the storehouses of heaven. He's got things laid up for you in heaven. All you have to do is ask. Great. Yes. All you have to do is ask, and he will release Jesus paid the price so that we could come to the Father. We were lost. We were without hope. There was nothing that we could do. We couldn't make it better. You know, some people tell me, and they're like, well, I'm a good person, so doesn't that count for anything? And the answer is no. That's the short answer. Uh, the, the long answer is this, is that how do you know, you know, um, you have a, a good column, and then you have a bad column. I don't know about you, but I have not been keeping track since I was a little kid of how many good and how many bad I've, I've done. So, no, if you're going to go ahead and bet on yourself, I would not take that bet. I'm just saying. Um, so what do you do? We depend on Christ's finished work is what we do. We put our trust in him. We say, God, I can't do it. I'm, I'm lost without you. I, I can't. My sins are too much, and I can't pay. We accept him to our life. He pays that debt for us. He doesn't just pay the debt for us. He adopts us into his family. We become sons and daughters of the king. Now we have a plan. We have a purpose. We have a future because he died for us. And all we have to do is say, Amen. So sometimes when we go ahead and pray, God says no. And so when you say, when he says no, you know how it is. When you were a little kid, you're like, Dad, please, I need that candy. Oh, my Lord, I need it right now, Dad. 
please. I would die without the Kit Kat. Please, Dad. And he says, no. Ooh, I got mad. I would get upset. I'd be like, Dad, you do not love me. You hate me. I wanted that Kit Kat. That's all I wanted. It's only 50 cents. It's on sale. But he said no. Fine. So we leave. I love that boy. <laughs> He's like, who, who do I call my name? Candy? Hmm? I'm there. Especially chocolate. But what I didn't know was that later on, he had, my dad had something for me already. Something better. He was going to go ahead and take me out, take me to Dairy Queen and buy me something good. Delicious. Amazing. And so sometimes when God says no, and we get sad, we're like, but God, why not? He knows. He is sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. And so when he says no, it does not, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he doesn't care about you. It's not because he doesn't want good things for you. It's because he knows better. So that should, that should be a cause of joy in your life, too, because you're like, okay, God, I didn't have to worry about that. You know, you had something better for me, or you had something different for me. And so you can be secure in the fact that God always wants the best for you. Christ's suffering ensures the joy of receiving answers to our prayer. One more, one more, um, one more story. Um, I was praying because we had a, a, a problem employee. You know the ones. Unless not in your workplace. But, uh, this guy, just nobody can talk to him. You can't correct him. He knows it all, especially if you're an authority because he's been there longer than you, so he knows what's up. So you can't say, so you can't say nothing to him. So we had to go ahead and give him a pep talk. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, God in heaven, why me? <laughs> why couldn't it have been the previous supervisor and he would have handled it and it would have been great? But no, me. So you know what I did? I sought the Lord in prayer. I said, God, you know that I had to go ahead and deal with this difficult, this employee. And Lord Jesus, I need to convey this hard message to him. God, prepare his heart that he would be able to receive what I have to tell him, the correction that I have to give him, and that he'll be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. So then it came, right? Came the day. I had to go ahead and sit down and meet with him. My heart is pounding out of my chest because, you know, you get nervous. You don't want to go ahead and tell people what to do. I mean, I like telling people what to do sometimes, but um, I do. Uh, but, you know, when it's a difficult person like that, you don't, you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if they're going to go ahead and fly off the handle and stuff like that. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't take kindly to people yelling in my face. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was like, all right. So we sat down, started chatting. Um, and then we went ahead and gave him the, uh, the, the pep talks and stuff. He's like, okay, I understand. You know, I understand what, what, what happened. And I don't know. Okay, he signed it or whatever. And then 
And then he left, okay, have a good night, guys. Okay, take care, see you later. So my manager was there, right? My manager was the previous supervisor. So he's like sitting there, he's like, huh. That went well. And I said, I know it went well. Do you know why it went well? Do you know why this, he didn't fly off the handle? Do you know why he didn't give you any pushback? Do you know why? Do you really want to know why? He's like, uh, sure. <laughs> I said, because I prayed before this meeting. And I prayed to God and I said, God, prepare his heart for this message that we're going to go ahead and give him. So that he'll be able to receive it. He'll be able to accept it and see where he was wrong. And he'll be able to go ahead and do better and all that. And so... That's what I did. And you see what happened? God Almighty answered my prayer. And my supervisor said, or my manager said, well, you know what you got to do, right? I said, well, what's that? We got to pray every single time before we had those type of meetings. And so that is on lock. That's what you got to do. Oh, man. My last point. My last point. To, get, to secure our joy, we must turn to our Savior in the midst of our sorrow. Verse 29 says, The disciples said to him, See now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own way and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So in verse 30, Jesus' followers at that point, they were secure. They were like, oh, Jesus Okay, we got this. We're good. We believe. We are good to go. And he looks at him and he's like, yeah, you believe now. <laughs> but in a little bit, y'all going to be gone. You're going to be pew, pew, pew. I'm going to be all by myself. But he still encourages them. It's funny because sorrow Sorrow clouds our mind. You know, we get so, so sad that we just, we, it's almost as if we get disoriented. You know, the disciples, when Jesus was taken away, they, they, they doubted. They were like, man, you know, what's going to happen now? What are we going to do now? I mean, think about all the great messages that, that, that Christ preached, you know. They forgot. They, I mean, Christ told them, I am the bread of life. I mean, think about that. Somebody comes on a scene and tells you, I'm the bread of life. I'm like the essential thing. I'm the central thing to life. You're like, really? Jesus claimed that. And at the end, they're like, oh, well, we believe. They believe everything that he said, right? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine, all things that Jesus claimed. But in the midst of their sorrow, they forgot. They're like, well, well, 
we'll go back to doing what we were doing. It was a great three years, right? It's awesome. But now what do we do? We're all alone. Sorrow is crazy. So, uh, in October of 2013, we, uh, can you show me that first one? We, uh, we told my, my daughter that um, she was going to be a big sister. She was so happy. Oh, my God. We all were. We all were. Look at her all smiling. We showed her the little sonogram with a little peanut in there. She was like, where, what is it? <laughs> right here, mama, you see this little circle right here? That's the baby right there. She's all excited. She's like, wow. We got her a big sister gift because she's, you know, because she's going to be a big sister. So she got to go ahead and have a doll or something. I don't know. So <laughs> something to commemorate the moment. She was all excited. Oh, my goodness. She couldn't stop talking about it, telling everybody and, and all that. And so we were excited, too, man. We, you know, we had, um, we had waited a long time, you know, and we, you know, finally got decided, you know, after about, mm, about two years, two and a half years or whatever, that we would get pregnant. I mean, that was a whole, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, so finally, we're like, God, yes, you're amazing. So awesome. So here we are. We're like, okay, we're going to have our second baby. Now we got to go ahead and start, you know, getting things ready, you know, thinking about what we're going to do, what it's going to look like, a family of four now. Thank goodness they still sell like a four-pack. So that was good. Um, and then, you know, we started kind of having some difficulties and some trouble and things weren't looking so good. And so... Um, you know, months later, uh, we found out that, you know, the baby wasn't, uh, the heartbeat and stuff like that, all that stuff wasn't, wasn't there anymore. And so um, it was a very, very sad moment. And the, I mean, the saddest part was to tell my daughter um, in here, in this picture that you see here, she, you know, because we asked her, we're like, well, what do you want to do? She's like, well, can I write him a letter? I said, sure, baby, write him a letter. And so in the letter, she wrote, you know, Thank you for being here for the time that you were here. We're going to miss you, and we love you. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to, to see your child go through, through sorrow, you know. Even though it wasn't, you know, it wasn't long. It wasn't like the baby was born and then, you know, taken away or anything like that. But still, you know, just the, the, the pain in her eyes. And she was young, and she still understood, you know, and she still, you know, felt that. And so, you know, during that time, um, you know, I questioned God. Could you not, right? God, but why? But God, you answered my prayer. God, you gave us a, a child. But God, but why? But I'm, I'm your son. We're not, this is not supposed to happen, you know? And I, I was like, man, you know, what, what do I do? I just sit down to pray, and I just, I couldn't. I just, all I, it's just consuming, you know. 
and it just it blinded me. Um, and so I, I sat there, you know, one day, and I was thinking in my, in my quiet time with him, and I was like, Lord, you know, just, I don't know. And then that still small voice inside me said, um, am I still good? And I said, yes, Lord, you're still good. Am I still merciful? Yes, Lord, you're still merciful. Am I still just? Yes, Lord, you're still, you're still all those things. Because no matter what happens in my life, he is still good. He is still kind. He is still all the things that he said that he is. He is still the good shepherd. He is still the resurrection and the life. He is still the way, the truth, and the life. So it doesn't matter what suffering I go through. It doesn't matter what, what bad things may happen to me. He is still all that he is. He does not change. And I can be secure in that. My joy is secure in him because he doesn't change. He is still kind and he is still good. And so as long as my joy is rooted in him, I will always have joy. Anything can happen to me. I could lose it all. And it would be tough. Let me tell you, that would be some, that would be some tough suffering. But I can be secure in knowing that he will be there with me. So that will never never have to go through it alone. Amen. Come on and stand to your feet. So I have some closing questions for you. The first one is, is your joy rooted in something other than Jesus? Because if your joy is rooted in something other than Jesus, that something is not lasting. If it's a spouse, you know, once they make you mad, you know that joy is gone. <laughs> That's obvious. If it's your children, guess what? They're going to grow up and they're going to move away and they're going to go ahead and start their own family. And yes, they might go ahead and bring you some joy and stuff like that, but I, I'm talking about eternal joy. Is it a friend? Is it, a, is it, your, is it your job? You know, the moment you get fired, I mean, you see some people just, when their job is everything, that is their source of joy, and they get let go or something happens, you know, they are, they are a mess. But what I'm saying is this, is that if your joy is placed securely on Christ and Christ alone, you will suffer. You will. I'm not going to lie to you. You will, but you will not do it alone, and you will have joy through that suffering because you know that the coming glory is amazing, <laughs> and it does not compare. A second question I want to ask, have you lost sight of Christ through your sorrow? Hey, stuff happens. It does, and it is very real. People get sad. People lose people, you know. You go through through loss, and it is it is like a blinding rain that you cannot see through. 
But if you were to call on the name that is able to calm the storm, calm the seas, I guarantee you that your joy will be restored today. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray. If you could go ahead and join hands together. So if that's you today, number one, if your joy is rooted in something other than Jesus or if you've lost sight of Christ through sorrow, I want you to go ahead and squeeze your neighbor's hand. As I pray, I want you guys to go ahead and pray for one another. Christ paid the price so that we could boldly go into the throne, into the throne room. And so we're going to go ahead and pray. But not just like this, you know, little quiet little prayer. No, we're going to go ahead and be bold today. Amen? I said we're going to be bold today. And we're going to go ahead and pray for our brother and our sisters. And we're going to go ahead and lift one another up right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in this place, dear God. I pray, my Lord Jesus, that their joy would be restored in the name of Jesus, dear God. Father God, those that have gone through sorrow, those that have gone through suffering, dear God, and have lost their way, dear God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that their joy would be restored, dear God. I pray, my Lord God, that you would lift the clouds, dear God, that you would calm the seas, my Lord God, in their lives, dear God, in their hearts, my Lord God. I pray that they would have a moment of clarity right now, dear God, that they would see you for who you are, their Savior, my Lord God, their security, my Lord God. They're, they're strong tower, my Lord God. They're rock, my Lord Jesus, upon which they can stand, dear God. Knowing, my Lord God, that you would never leave them nor forsake them, dear God. Knowing that you are the answer, dear God. Knowing, my Lord God, that they can find their joy in you, dear God. And that joy is from everlasting to everlasting, dear God. Father God, that they can be secure, my Lord God. That you will be there, my Lord God. That you will be that friend that sticks closer than any brother, my Lord God. Father God, and so I pray right now against the plans of the enemy, against my brothers and sisters, dear God. Father God, plans to steer them away, my Lord God, from the purpose, my Lord Jesus, that you called them for, my Lord God, through sorrow, my Lord God, through other things, through distractions, dear God. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that those things would be removed, dear God, from their lives, dear God, that every stronghold would be broken in the name of Jesus, dear God, from their hearts, from their minds, dear God. Father God, that we release, my Lord God, the joy, my Lord God, that comes from being secure in you, dear God, in their lives, right now in the name of Jesus, dear God. Father God, we believe it, Father God. We pray in the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, dear God, for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, dear God. Nothing is impossible for you, dear God. And so we pray, dear God, believing, dear Lord Jesus, that you will answer, dear God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, dear God. Father, we thank you, dear God. We thank you that you have heard us, dear God, this day, dear Lord. And we thank you, dear God, because we know that you have answered our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus in this place.